This is your week, your news for the week of July 9th, 2023. My name is Ryan Pluckelman on your week, your news this week. He's back again, which means he's not taking the hint that we keep giving him to not show up. I know. It's the editor-in-chief. sad. <laughs> making me feel so neglected. <laughs> it's the editor-in-chief of ClarksvilleNow.com, Chris Smith. Hello. How you doing, Ryan? Doing great, doing great. Uh, filling in for Katie once again from ClarksvilleNow.com, which means we're going to get all of our facts correctly today because Maybe. we've got two folks on ClarksvilleNow.com <laughs> here. Christian Brown. Always a pleasure. Good to have you again. Uh, these are the biggest stories trending on ClarksvilleNow.com this week. So the biggest story we had, um, it actually just uh, popped not long ago, a baseball stadium is being proposed for downtown Clarksville. There is nothing you can say anymore about being proposed in Clarksville that I won't not believe. Yeah. Why not? We, we're getting everything. <laughs> we yeah, really are. We need to get like a lacrosse pitch or whatever you call it. <laughs> when we first looked at that, though, mm-hmm. we were just like, a baseball stadium? Yeah. And then yeah. We, we were like, okay. Well, yeah. when I, because uh, we have a guy who works here, really loves sports. His name is John. And he ran into my office, like ran in, and he was out of breath. He's <laughs> like, oh. You, you see this? I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, they're going to they're gonna build, oh, build a baseball stadium in Clarksville. And I'm like, first of all, I'm thinking it's like some little league thing, yeah. right? I'm thinking it's probably they're going to put a couple of you know, chain link backstops. You know, they're going to have maybe a dugout, a place for the parents to sit. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the photograph of it. Mm-hmm. And this is not that at right. all this is what looks to be a minor league ballpark yeah so the um if you look at it's basically the old vulcan property for those of you who Which, may not be familiar with it could you please give your major complaint because you have i remember you talking about driving in oh yeah to I've, Clarksville I've written interviewing i've written columns about this well, you, why don't you give us the reader's digest version of one <laughs> okay. of your columns on this so in 1999 uh when i was going to work for the when christian was all of two years old <laughs> i was one year old oh, one year old. <laughs> um my wife and i i'd been hired at the local newspaper and uh we moved up here from tallahassee florida which is green all year and um, yeah. so we drive in, and uh, I guess it was February of 1999. And um, so, you know, it, all the trees have turned brown north of right. Nashville because right. it's not evergreens anymore. Yeah. It's all, you know, um, uh, what do you call them, deciduous. Uh, so we're driving in, and everything's brown and gray. And it was an overcast day. I made the mistake of driving in on exit four, so we drove past all that industrial stuff. And it looked even worse in 99 than it does now. Yeah. Um, it's been cleaned up a little bit since then. Um, and we drive through, we drive past that nasty barbed wire chain link fence that goes mm-hmm. for about a half mile yeah. along college street. And Kate just bursts into tears. Oh, and I'm like, it'll look better in the spring. I promise. <laughs> because I mean, when the flowers bloom, the barbed wire goes away. Yeah. Flowers now, bloom on the barbed wire. Right. Now, you know, she, she got over it and we've had opportunities to leave since then. And we've stayed because right, we right. love it here. Yeah. We really do love Clarksville. We love our neighbors and our community and our church. But I was kind of, I was kind of mad about that because now you're making me edit. I hate you. <laughs> So continue, please. I was really mad at Clarksville about that because, you know, my wife should not be crying, literally crying about her first impression of this city. And, right, right. and you know, and that shouldn't be that way. Any any of our entrances to the city. Right. Um, you know, obviously people are continuing to move here. They get over it and they, they like that. Right. But 
But we've got to clean that stuff up. And this goes a long way to cleaning that up in a big way. This is going to be a cool development right along College Street where that chain link fence is now um, across from like Silka's. Um, yeah. And it's this big open field right now, but it's going to be a um, baseball stadium. Yeah. Uh, is is the plan. That's what's been proposed. Yeah. And a, a hotel. Yeah. And can you talk, Christian, about how what you learned about this? You were the reporter on it. Yeah. So at the heart of the project is the baseball stadium, of yeah. course, which is going to be amazing now i know there's a lot of talk online and i think this is unfounded about the nashville sounds uh with nashville going after a major league ball team and i guess there's a big push for that apparently i don't know if this is true or not but i've read it in nine thousand comments on clarksonnow.com that the sounds would need to move then because if you have a major Mm -hmm. league team you can't have a minor league team in the same city so that makes sense too and the thing about it is too it's going to be the same kind of feel as the sound stadium currently because you'll have uh, retail and dining uh, establishments yeah. around the stadium. You'll have a local neighborhood on that 30 acres of property. Right. A multifamily residential neighborhood. Then also you'll have uh, opportunities such as a hotel like Chris mentioned mm-hmm. and also uh, You forgot, didn't you? Yep. Brewery. Yep. As if I saw a brewery in there. <laughs> yeah, there's breweries yeah. like as in the in the schematics of things yeah. that could be here and a brewery right. was one of the things so that was mentioned. There's just a long yeah. list of opportunities there. That's the main point. Like and there's going to be a community feel to it. Well, I think any idea they have for that area is better than an open field with a chain link fence. Making people <laughs> cry. <laughs> right. Right. I yeah. don't imagine Chris's amazing wife driving past a nice hotel, a nice, you know, neighborhood, a nice ballpark, yes. a brewery, and crying at that point. Right, right. Like I mean, even though she's not a big fan of baseball. No, but, but. Even still, that's not, <laughs> doesn't bring as many people to tears as, as Rusty Barbed Wire <laughs> yeah. does. And, um, and the neat thing is about the whole sounds angle. Um, I've seen some discussion about this, like, well, they're not about to move the Nashville, but there actually has been talk of Nashville getting an MLB team, yeah. not right now, maybe not in the next year or two, but it's going to take a minute to build this out. Right. If something like that were to transpire in Nashville, the timing would actually be right for the opening of the stadium if they were looking for a new place to put the sounds. Yeah. It, our park would be opening at about the same time that would coincide with that timeline. Interesting. And I think it's it's important to point out that this is not a city or county funded project. Right. This is private investors. Mm-hmm. So how much tax dollars are going to be spent on this? I know the exact amount right now, zero. This is private investors. This is people mm-hmm. looking to invest their money on that site. And so you have to wonder if some people know something that we don't know. Like, why would you think to build a minor league ballpark in Clarksville and propose that and put that in front of commissions to get it approved yeah. for this, for the rezoning of that area if you didn't have a plan in place mm-hmm. to put someone in that stadium. Right. And there have been um, proposals over the years, um, if anybody's familiar with the Frontier League, and there's some other um, sort of, uh, I guess, off-brand um, you know, baseball uh, oh, leagues. They have a lot of summer leagues for college Our kids. Pioneer League. The, I, can't remember what it I would say developmental probably is the best yeah. term. Yeah, yeah. And so those, um, they're sort of like pre-minor league teams. Right. And um, and so that has been proposed for many years um, here in Clarksville. And so it could be something like that, um, or it could be something more like the the sounds. And I mean, Jackson, uh, Tennessee is a much smaller community than we are, and they had a minor league team. It's a good point to make, too. And mm-hmm. the, yeah. Our source directly said whether 
and they've had inter- internal discussions about this. Right. Okay. So whether it's an MLB affiliate or not, there have been cur- conversations for a minor league team, and that's mm-hmm. been confirmed. So mm-hmm. it's while it hasn't been confirmed, like in the sense of it's going to happen, but the conversations have taken place. So mm-hmm. we know that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I think the perfect name for this new ball club. <laughs> You're already going to be naming it. I got a name already. All right. Minor league baseball. I would say minor right. league baseball. It's not going to be bat govs. Is it? <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, my, what minor league baseball does better than anything else is they know how to come up with crazy brands. The Trash Pandas. Well, that's yeah. Huntsville. The yeah. Huntsville Trash Pandas. Exactly. And so they know how to sell merchandise. The Savannah Bananas is another yep. example of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, this is not on the list of things to talk about, <laughs> but I think we need to discuss. There's been a lot of, of, of worry about what's going to happen to Gary the Guardrail when Bucky's <gasps> goes in there off eggs one. The Clarksville Guardrails... I'm just ah, telling you, and then Gary could be moved. Gary ah, could be moved permanently to the stadium. Gary could be the go. mascot. Yes. Yeah. The Clarksville guardrails. I just got cold Gary's, chills. I know. <laughs> I can see the goosebumps. Can on you see a big floppy, like, you know, one of those like air pressure things? Would you have a flop at the top? It'd be like the guardrail, like waving in the wind, all dented up and stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Take Gary because something's <laughs> a guardrail. No, I'm telling you because Gary's got to go somewhere. And people have said that Bucky's apparently, I don't know who's got an inside source into Bucky's. But apparently Bucky's is talking about, well, okay, if 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 we have to remove Gary, the landmark of Clarksville, mm. we will have him on display in inside <laughs> beautiful. Giant bucket, like a shrine yeah. to Gary. Yeah. Like but a I, great like a great steel messiah. <laughs> exactly. Next to peanuts. Exactly. <laughs> so that can be his home until the first you know, pitch. Yeah. He can go out there and throw out the first pitch. <laughs> For the first game of the Clarksville Guardrails. I think that's one of the better ideas you've had in the I response. think it's great. Right mm-hmm. now, someone's going, how do you know we were doing that? <laughs> <laughs> Who's talking here? No, but back to but, but back to that. That's that's not on our list of things to talk about, but I, I felt it was important to... Uh, that is very important. Are this you investigating that, by the way? You Gary too? the Guardrail? Yeah. Well, well, first of all, um, and I guess we can give an update on this, the... Um, the Bucky's was going to be discussed discussed at the last planning commission meeting, but they decided to table it, um, probably for further negotiations and yes. stuff. And so, when is it their next meeting that they're going to have it? So July twenty fifth. Yeah, July twenty fifth. And along with that, the stadium will also be discussed for rezoning, and they'll basically recommend approval to the city council mm-hmm. or disapproval as well. Gotcha. Okay. And this is where some of those things get hashed out. Like, you know, are they going to have to? Add lanes on yeah. you know the bridge coming off of I twenty four and how are they going to add red lights and those kind of things to accommodate traffic and similar issues. Here's the reality of your situation though, Christian, because I don't know if you're going to be the one that's sent to cover that meeting. Maybe, yeah, <laughs> probably. Well, we may send help. Is, yeah, okay, because you may need Thank more, goodness. like a couple more people. So <laughs> all if, hands on deck. Right. Yeah. If they're talking and they approve this, if they approve this multi use development with the baseball field, if Bucky's gets final approval. And they discuss where Gary's home will be. That's three stories. Well, if you've got to prioritize, you're going to get way more clicks out of Gary the guardrail than anything else. Never, have, you have to take that up with Chris. Well, never has a guardrail captured the imagination <laughs> I know. of the public. It's, it's better than Gary. It's a landmark on Google Maps. I mean, how many other landmarks? Even our statues in downtown Clarksville are not considered Google Map landmarks. Exactly. But Gary the guardrail is. So walk us through, you know, you're Chris Smith. You're, you're the editor-in-chief. Mm-hmm. 
You know, you sit in a big, powerful office mm-hmm. behind an oak desk, you know, smoking <laughs> a cigar. You've got your fedora with the press pass sticking out of the whiskey on the side. The whiskey you on don't the side. Know me at all, do you? <laughs> and Christian runs in, and he's got those three stories to cover. Which one do you say? We put this above the byline. Or I, I the take falls. all those papers and I throw them out of my office <laughs> and I said, I told you to bring me pictures of Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> dang, dang it, Parker. Um, no, I, I think it would have to be. I told you, you to know, bring me pictures of Spider-Man. I think it would have to be um, probably the stadium because the that's going to affect more people and we've also beat the life at we've beaten that bucky beaver yeah. to death so i feel like more people are probably going to want to know more details about um about the stadium but it's a close call between the stadium and bucky's and i gary the guardrail is fun but you know that's not uh, gonna be your top story no, huh? probably not okay. ryan, ryan looks disgusted i'm disgusted <laughs> just to give it hey, we're a we're serious news look. outlet we're in a clicks game man <laughs> uh, we are not in a clicks game we're in a news game <laughs> and clicks is one aspect of uh how we uh prioritize but it is not certainly not the only aspect and now, if you have pictures of spider-man send them to chris that's right he needs yeah. them yeah. so real quick too and just this development is also thinking about the infrastructure for everybody involved in that area. Mm-hmm. So they'll also be building up uh, crosswalks, uh, large sidewalks, and okay. also uh, open plazas for the public. So mm-hmm. they are thinking about the public in this, and they're trying to you know get them on board, build that infrastructure, like I just said. You know, so I yeah. think that's important to note too. Yeah, they really, really need a grocery store in that area. Um, I they mean. Do. Right next to that is the um, Red River uh, District, and then right next to that is Lincoln Homes, and then you've got APSU with all those dorms and the student housing, and there is not a grocery store in walking distance of any of that. You'd think there would be, especially with so many yeah. dorms mm-hmm. there, you know, the, kids wanting yeah. to walk and get something. The closest know. place where you can buy something to eat really is um, either the Dollar General um, downtown, um, you know, across yeah. from Madison Street, or the um, there's a gas station across craft street from Lincoln homes. And you know, that's dangerous. You know, yeah. need kids going over there to buy, you know, soda pop and whatnot. You I, know, soda I wonder if there's any like property near the development that's not theirs that someone could look into that, you know, since it's mm-hmm. such a need too. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole area is going to be prime for development. Yeah. Um, you know, once this is, if that's yeah, it'll it'll completely change the entrance to downtown Clarksville. Mm-hmm. Um, and can you imagine, I mean, you have a there's a possibility the rumors of a minor league hockey team being at the FNM Bank Arena, a minor league baseball team, mm-hmm. Austin P. Remember when Austin P. Football was the laughing stock of the NCAA, and now they're winning tournament. I mean, they're winning the conference. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, imagine just what that what that will do to change the face mm-hmm. of Clarksville. I may mm-hmm. cry tears of joy. Based off all of this, just to want to put that out there too. No, it's amazing. Yeah. And, it's just, yeah. and, and you, you kind of have to think about these things and people will go like, is 170,000 population big enough to support a minor league baseball team? Well, you look at how Clarksville has grown over the last decade, decade and a half, and you and you go like, we are skyrocketing to over 200,000. Mm-hmm. It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. We are going to surpass Chattanooga and be the the fourth largest city in the state, we got to start behaving like that. 
And if you wait till the very end to go like, whoa, man, whoa, whoa, we got all these people here. I guess we better start giving them something to do. Yeah. You're behind the, you're behind the eight. Ball. Well, Jackson, Tennessee had minor league um, baseball team and their population is less than 70,000. Right. Wow. Right. So, so just yeah. think about it. I think it's a, it's a great idea. It's exciting. The possibilities. Mm-hmm. And honestly, yeah, anything would look better than a rusty chain link yeah. fence with barbed wire. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, nothing says welcome to our beautiful community uh, yeah. better than rusty barbed wire. So uh, next story up, this is also a Christian Brown um, article and one that, um, that you spend a pretty good time investigating, yeah. a big, good amount of time investigating. Um, it's about a city, city partnership awarded two homes um, but 10 months later, the families are still waiting uh, for anything to happen. Um, this is a Going Local initiative, which is a partnership between First Pres Church and um, Mosaic Church uh, with the city assisting them. And um, they awarded these uh, homes by lottery to two families that met the qualification needs. I remember that. Um, yeah. Back in, uh, was it? Um, September. In September. And ever since then, nothing has happened. Um, and so, Christian, can you kind of tell us about your conversations with the lady who was supposed to have her house built? Yeah, so, you know, the thing about it is uh, I looked into this situation trying to just get an update on those homes, see how construction's going. But then after speaking with Miss Ramos, Evelyn Ramos, one of the uh, people that were drawn for the initiative, uh, she expressed her frustration on mm-hmm. the lack of communication from all sides uh, then also, you know, there's n- nothing's being built yet. And she was told that construction would start in the spring mm-hmm. and then it'd be completed in the summer. Well, we're we're almost done with the summer. Exactly. They haven't, so, they haven't broken ground yet. Exactly. Yeah. So she's, she expressed her, expressed her frustrations to me. And, you know, that's something I wanted to look in immediately. And, you know, we finally got some answers with the article. And the uh, thing about it is, too, the city of Clarksville had previously uh, slated Three hundred thousand dollars toward the project. Yeah, they cut. They had cut some funding, uh, according to Mosaic Church. But after we started looking into the situation, they pledged that three hundred thousand dollars back into the project. Okay, and there's a number of reasons I think why they did that. They were in change of leadership. Uh, mm. That's one reason, and there's a lot of move, moving uh, variables as well. So I just want to mention that for the city's perspective. Well, and you're getting quite the reputation there, Mr. Locker Boy. You know what I mean? You broke that story wide open, and we got that resolution taken care of because of the hard work of Clarksville now and various other people and been private uh, companies wanting to help correct that situation. I'm just picturing some guys like, there's someone on the phone that wants to ask you a question. What's his name? Christian Brown. Oh, he's a locker guy. Put the money back in. I can't take on locker guy. <laughs> we can't deal with him. No. But, you know, when you're running a, a government bureaucracy, things can fall through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the the functions that a good media organization can play is, you know, a family, you know, somebody might call a bureaucracy and ask what's going on with blank and nobody knows what she's talking about. But right. if a media organization steps in and says, Hey, what happened to this going local initiative that you said you were going to give this lady money, you know, call us by fi- our deadline for the story is five o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. You know, somebody's it's going to go up the chain and somebody may, may say, wait, what? We never did that. Right. We need to do that right now. And by, you know, in, in this case, they fixed it before we could report the story. Uh, they, sent, they were very responsive. I sent them once we started asking questions. An email at five, the city of Clarksville. Then the next morning they had a meeting at nine to put that money back into the project. That's great. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Not to say yeah. they didn't have that meeting placed, but 
mm-hmm. you never know, I guess, as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it's it's just good. It, you know, I I understand how things like that can happen yeah. in bureaucracy. Um, but it is good when you can play that role to say, hey, you guys forgot about this. Especially and, when and they respond. Ms. Yeah. Ramos and I'm sure the other family as well had to put their lives on hold. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I, I think one of the qualifications, and I, d- I don't think we mentioned this in the story, that her son wanted to, uh, to work. But he couldn't because then it could change their the criteria and their qualifications for the initiative. Oh, wow. So there's a... So he's know, not been able to go get a part-time yeah, job or no, anything. No, because, yeah. again, not only is Miss Ramos' life on hold, but her son as well. And that's one of the things it's been heartbreaking for her to see him disappointed in right. this process. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's get yeah. the ball moving. Yeah. That's a great story. Way to, you know, to just check up on some things. Yeah, I think exactly. we now know, um, because of this podcast, that there is a sound yep. that mm-hmm. makes the rich and powerful in Clarksville quake in their boots when they hear it. And that sound is... Uh, Christian Brown's on the phone for you. You know, it's funny because Chris did reference that I was Spider-Man earlier in his analogy. Oh, yeah. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, Another uh, neat story that popped up this week is that, um, you know, we talked about Northwest High School is going to be getting a weapons detection system as part of a pilot program. And um, now they've said that a Rossview is going to be next on their list for trying out these weapon detection systems. And these are very expensive. This is yeah. not something you can order on the, you know, the Sky Mall catalog. Yeah, I think it was like $250,000 per school. That sounds correct. Yeah. Um, that is not cheap. And so they started with Northwest because it's a single entry school. It's like yeah. the only single entry high school in the system. Yeah. Um, and they don't have as complicated logistics as, as some of the other schools. Yeah. The flip side of that is Rossview. Rossview has, I think, at least two entrances and very complicated logistics getting in and out of the school. So they wanted to try the easiest school first, and then mid- midway through the school year, they're going to install them at uh, Rossview. So then they're going to try the hardest one and get the feedback and the work out, found out what the problems are before they invest in all this stuff. Right. And the cool thing is, too, um, uh, Clarkson Montgomery County School System is the first school in the system in the state to pilot uh, these programs, really this technology. Yeah, we're first in a lot of things. Yeah. You see a lot of things that we do in this community, leading not only the state mm-hmm. but the country as well when it comes to education. Yeah, a big part of that, you know, I mean, our law enforcement agencies are not perfect. Uh, you know, any other law enforcement agency is not perfect either. But um, the uh, sheriff John Fuson and um, Chief David Crockerold, they do a lot of stuff like this. Stay on top of new initiatives mm-hmm. and new sources of funding, new sources of grants and all that kind of stuff, and um, trying out new technologies. So we're kind of ahead of the curve on a lot of this. And some of this, I suspect, nobody has spelled this out, but if you recall, Governor Bill Lee said in the wake of the Covenant school shootings, hey, we're going to give a whole bunch of money to the schools to put SROs in all the schools. Well, guess what? We've we already, already had our that, SROs. Yeah. I'm sure we're going to get some grant money out of all this. Well, what are we going to do with that money? Yeah, here we go. Here's a way to spend it. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's this yeah. private company called Evolve Technologies. And you've probably seen these things and um, they have them at Geodis Park and at Nissan Stadium, these weapon detection systems. They're not like regular metal detectors. Um, they basically can check a lot of people in a very short period of time without having a single file line. How does it work? How does the technology work? So just you know, from my experience reporting on the issue, the previous two matters. Uh, so if someone comes into a building with a weapon, uh, the detection system will see it. Then it will place a red box around where they 
basically uh, analyzed. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of how it works. And someone has to man the equipment, though, too. Okay. And I, the SR, SROs are going to be doing that to begin the year. Uh, other school districts that they've talked to have volunteers mm-hmm. do this. And I think that's that becomes like a kind of a problem because do you really want volunteers patting down your children? Right. right, right. And I think that's a gray area where it's like, no, I don't think that should be how it plays out. And right. if there is a situation, what is it? Some volunteer, some, you know, yeah. You know, they don't six, have the proper 60 year training. old grandpa who just has a good heart. Do you really want that person to be the one who has to tackle somebody and take him into <laughs> yeah, custody? Exactly. Right? So, exactly. You know, so. so I think it has to be the SROs moving mm-hmm. forward. I think that's the best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure that takes up a lot of time though, yeah. as well. Right. Interesting to see. I like how they're doing this. Start with their easiest school. Yeah. Very proactive. Then too. work with the hardest <laughs> school and then find the way to work at the middle. Yeah. Well, they, and they anticipated some pushback because, I mean, I think anybody who lives in Clarksville in that time knows that North, the demographics of Northwest, it's more um, economically disadvantaged. Um, it's got a higher black population. It's got, you know, um, basically a low income area. Rossview is on the other side of that mix. It's more white, it's more affluent. Um, even though CMCS does a pretty good job of diversifying the school demographics, right? So I was really glad to see that while they started Northwest, and they it was not a good look among some people that they were starting at Northwest. Yeah. Um, but that the second school they're trying it at is Rossview. I think that sends a good signal to the community. This isn't about demographics. This is about practicality. Right. right. And and I was I was glad to see that. That they, they weren't scared to try this at Rossview, you know. Right. And if you look at it from the from the way the schools are designed, they said, listen, we need to try it with the easiest school first. Mm-hmm. We've got one school that has one entrance. Yeah, Let's sure. try that first. Yeah, yeah. And you're right though. It kind of looks bad, but yeah. heck, it's one of the I mean it's it's necessity. Yeah, yeah. So that's good, and I think that'll that'll give a lot of people some peace of mind um, in this awful new era that we live in, where the, we have school violence problems. Well, it's it's fascinating to think too that you know, but probably was you know Christians twelve, so <laughs> he's probably living this his whole life. But Chris, you know, you and I growing up, you never thought about mm-hmm. that at all. It wasn't even a thought oh, that entered kid, your mind. We would um, kids at our at lunch. A, they would, you know, this, I, this is a late 80s. Uh, kids at lunch would go uh, take a smoke break on the corner <laughs> during lunch, yes. would walk out the two exits from the cafeteria directly outside. Some people would leave the cafeteria. They wouldn't see, like what they saw on the line and walk 20 feet away out the back door and go get in their car and drive to McDonald's and come back. I right. wish I lived in those days. You know, I mean, there it was open access to the schools. Anybody could walk in off the streets and walk through the hallways of the school. Now a teacher might stop and say, Hey, are you a student? You know, but, right. but yeah, there was no worry about any of this stuff. Cause it was all pre Columbine. No. And then, I mean, you know, now I know CMCSS has active shooter training for mm. school staff where they have the Montgomery County Sheriff's office kind of coordinate with them. Mm. And they have, what do you do in this situation? And they have drills mm. and they've talked about, Clarksville meets some requirements that the federal government looks at for likelihood of something like that happening. And Clarksville checks some boxes. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why the sheriff is so proactive on doing these extra steps. That's why we're the, I mean, Listen, Bill Lee, we've been rocking SROs for yeah. a very long time. We've been oh. like, come catch up with us. Yeah, and it wasn't just the SROs. The other thing that the statewide funding for schools is supposed to go to is um, hardening of the entrances. 
Well, yes. that's something Clarksville did like 10 years ago. Exactly. You know, we, we set up those um, systems where you have to go through an office to get into the school, um, you know, with buzzer doors and all that kind of stuff. We did that you know, a long time ago. And I, so, I remember yeah. the transition, you know, you yeah. would, you'd pick up your kids one year. It was everything is glass. Just walk right in. And now they're making it harder to get into the schools to deal with this problem. So mm-hmm. we are very progressive when it comes to school safety yeah. and say what you will about Sheriff Fuson and mugshots and all that stuff. He is very dedicated to keeping our schools safe. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the Clarksville Police Department, the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office, and CMCSS has a very good relationship amongst those three mm-hmm. departments, and yeah. they work very well together when it comes to school safety. And all these city officials have pointed out, too, like, it's good to be proactive now before a problem mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Sheriff Fuson pointed this out, like, too often that school districts or communities wait until after right. something plays out like a school shooting. Mm-hmm. Instead, they're doing it now before something ever took place. Right. Mm-hmm. God forbid. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so to radically change uh, topics, got to shift <laughs> gears here. Um, no, actually, um, I was skipping to the next story. This actually does play into what we were just talking about. And this is another oh, story. Yeah, look at that. I'm backing up on my transition. <laughs> um, it's mental health court. Um, so this is something that, uh, um, another story from Christian that, um, one of our local judges, why uh, are you even here? <laughs> Christian's doing all the work. Why are you even here to, well, it's not comic relief cause you can find that good, but, um, I uh, know well, for con- I'm here for context. Exactly. I'm here he, for context. He, he helps lead me. Yeah. Christian wasn't even born until, yeah. you know, five minutes ago. So, but, uh, but yeah, so mental health court, one of the things that has come up time and again um, in uh, you know recent discussions about um, situations with police shootings and things like that, where um, is that people who are being with mental health issues are ending up in the criminal justice system because there's not really another way to help them. Yeah. And local judge Katie Alita um, has come upon some answers to those problems. And Christian, you want to talk about that? Yeah. So it first originated when uh, Judge Alita attended a judicial conference about mental health court. And, you know, it, it really resonated within her. And after the meeting, immediately after, she hopped on a phone. Uh, I, I don't know if it was a phone call, but... Nevertheless, she maybe met a up. text message. Yeah, she yeah. met up with Sheriff Fuson and uh, Chief Deputy uh, John a Facebook John thread. Smith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she met up with local law uh, enforcement officials and kind of gathered their opinion. Like, is this something that we need? And they were like, Yes, we we need this because you know there are people that need that help. Right. So. So if you yeah, if you're put in jail, you know, because you're wandering around the street you know, naked or high or, yeah. or whatever. And, you know, the the solution to that is not, hey, you're going to spend a week in jail so you never do this again. You know, no. If you are if you have a major mental health issue, you need mental health help. You right. don't need to be just sitting in jail, eating up taxpayer money, right. being fed and, and housed and clothed for three or four days. You need to be getting mental health assistance. Right. And um and get in some programs, whether it's be drug addiction, you know, programs or mental health remediation or maybe a group home setting or something. And so that's what these kind of programs yeah. can do to address these problems from a mental health perspective instead of a criminal justice perspective. Exactly. Yeah. And so, save money because putting people in jail costs way more money than the other solutions can that you are say being, that again. Putting people in jail no, no, the, the, the money part. <laughs> <laughs> what does it do, Chris? It 
costs more money. What is the court going to do? The new mental health court is going to save taxpayer money. That's it. <laughs> yes. If you are a fiscal conservative, you want this. You do not want to throw everybody in jail so you can spend, give them a right. room and board for the rest of their lives. Right. It's ridiculous. Because this yeah. saves money. Yes. And it also helps give people what they need. Exactly. Yeah. You, so you're not gonna, putting someone in jail is not going to make their mental health issues magically disappear. Right. Exactly. It's not like the, the Montgomery County jail food has got some magic magic in it where you just take a couple of bites of that, whatever they're serving. Sloppy I'm, Joe. I'm sloppy. It's gotta be sloppy <laughs> Joe's. It's the only thing they serve in jail. Sloppy Joe's got that ice cream scooper scooping that down. It's not like it you know, has some kind of medicinal qualities to it and you walk out of jail after three days and all of a sudden you're cured. So this is a great idea. Yeah. Judge Alita, uh, thank you so much yeah. for having the foresight yeah. to put this in. And this is yeah. something that will make the community better. And the thing about it is she set the infrastructure for the program, you know, the past two years. Mm-hmm. So after speaking with law enf- uh, enforcement officials, she seeked out a program to implement sooner rather than later. Yeah. That's when she was awarded a grant of hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And then she hired on uh, Sharita Brown, who's the program manager now. And they've been throughout this process since the beginning of this year. So now the program's money trans- transitions from a grant to federal assistance. Yeah. So yeah. it's beautiful to see how, you know, how she's built this up. Yeah, kudos. Yeah, yeah. Give her some sort of an award. Yeah. I don't know if we have keys to the city just lying around somewhere, but I'd say give her one. Uh, she's a judge. She probably already has a key. Probably. That's a good point. Probably. probably. Judges have keys that can open any door. <laughs> Let's start that rumor. So uh, so now we can go to something more fun. Uh, Better transition there. So uh, bourbon. Uh, you guys bourbon drinkers? I love bourbon. Tequila. Tequila? Tequila. Not, that is not a form of bourbon, I'm afraid nope. to say. I, I just like tequila. <laughs> hard liquor, I'm only tequila. Just really? Tequila. Yeah. yeah. Christian, you live in Tennessee. There's songs about Tennessee whiskey. I know. Bourbon is one of America's great gifts to the world. It's too strong to me. Too Well, you're drinking garbage. That's why when you're sipping the Kentucky Tavern that costs a dollar for for a fifth, yes, it's going to be too strong. But we are blessed to be in this area. I feel like, have you turned 21 yet? Yeah, I'm 24. Okay, so three years ago. I feel like we needed to take him out and like 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 show him the the ways of, of, of bourbon. I was also a Brooks oh. college student. You have to think about that's that. True. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I'd go to bars and be like, I'd go to bars and be like, give me your uh, cheapest glass of tequila. <laughs> <laughs> I would do that too. That's the thing about me. So the fun fact. Well, Christian sipping on the muy bueno tequila. <laughs> that's 50 cents a shot. So here's how you can try it. Okay. There is a new uh, distillery opening. Mm-hmm. It's going to be in downtown Clarksville, yes. which is a change. Uh, Three Rifles Distilling. They're opening in the back of Star Spangled Brewery mm-hmm. um, in downtown Clarksville. And um, so, yeah, they're going to be on. Um, they're brewing their own bourbon. And um, I'm sure they would love to have people come and taste it. Yeah, we should go so and just try thing. it out. I'll try theirs. How about that? I was surprised mm-hmm. because I did see, I was out at downtown at sundown this past weekend. They had a, a Def Leppard and an ACDC cover band out there. Uh, same band, by the way, they change wigs. Oh, <gasps> uh, I was wondering why they were paired up that way. That's yeah, incredible. same band, they change wigs. Oh, okay, okay. So, so when they were done doing Def Leppard, they, they took off the Union Jack. 
uh-huh. halter tops and they put on like a lot like the guy who played angus young put on a little schoolboy outfit yeah, after yeah. Did. so yeah so the same band different wigs okay um but i was there and and one of the food trucks had a bottle of three rifles mm-hmm. bourbon right there and i was just taking a look at it because one of the things about bourbon, Christian, that you wouldn't know um, <laughs> is that it has to age. It's not something that you just can just, you know, distill and then the next day you can put it on the shelves. It has to age to give it the flavor. And if to be bourbon, it's got to be aged in a certain type of barrel and that sort of thing. And so I did see that they had it's been aged for three years. So mm-hmm. they've been working on this for quite a while. Mm hmm. Yeah, they've been working on it since before you got uh, your uh, license. <laughs> right, exactly. right. They've been they've been distilling. They've been distilling was, that bourbon. They've been burning it just for you. Exactly. Started it's, when it's you, t- they're like, it's time, Christian. Yeah, we yeah. need we need to change your opinion on this. There's some poor kid that just has tequila because he's a poor college student getting the yeah. muy bueno tequila on sale. But no, this is exciting. Yeah, yeah, and it'll be uh, right near the. Um, um, Star Spangled Brewing, which is a great, they have some incredible uh, beer over at Star they Spangled. They do, yeah, I've they had really it a couple do. Times. Yep, and um, so yeah, you can taste some bourbon, go taste some uh, some Star Spangled Brewery beer, and on like that. Drink Isn't responsibly. It? Yes, please do. Yes. Thanks for throwing that in, Christian. <laughs> we are very spoiled mm-hmm. when it comes to breweries, distilleries. Mm-hmm. Things being made yeah. here in Especially Clarksville. Especially for a medium-sized city in the mm-hmm. South. Um, I mean, because we are in the Bible Belt, um, but in a lot of communities our size in the South, there would be a huge resistance to this sort of thing. But I think the military influence in Clarksville, I mean, you get a bunch of retired soldiers and they want to open a bar. Right. Who's going to stand in the way of them opening a bar? You know, right. I mean, they've served our country and made all these sacrifices, and now you're going to say, Devil's going to get you if you open a bar. Right. No, they're going to get out of the way and let people pursue their dreams. So I think we kind of elevate – this is maybe a gross uh, oversimplification. We kind of elevate in some ways patriotism in Clarksville over religiosity. Um, and so I think – maybe that's a bold statement. I don't know. Wow. But yeah, I do bold think – statement Smith over there. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that that um, comparative, uh, you know, diversity of thought and experience that we have in Clarksville sets us apart from a lot of other small southern cities where right. this might cause a problem. Well, you saw this, and this was years ago, Christian, back when you were just knee high to a grasshopper, a long time ago, when you couldn't you couldn't buy wine in a grocery store. Mm-hmm. You couldn't at all. Period. And so there was a movement to get wine in grocery stores. And there was, of course, the package stores don't want that because they're like, well, I want to be able to charge yeah, yeah, you know, $40 for that $10 yeah, bottle they, they of wine. Business reasons to right, oppose the, that. And the grocery yeah. stores will charge 15 But there was also some, some movement from local pastors like, don't allow this. Mm-hmm. I've never quite understood that because I, I, I really don't think anybody, and this is plays into the ridiculousness of not being able to buy a beer before noon on Sunday um, what if you got a ball game you're going to go watch or whatever? Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's ever said to themselves, like, you know, the only thing keeping me going to church every Sunday in Clarksville is the fact that I can't buy beer till noon. If I could <laughs> buy beer at seven, I'd never step foot in a church again. Or, you yeah. know, if, if, man, the only thing keeping me religious and keeping me right with the Lord is the fact that I can't buy wine at a grocery store. Yeah. You know, as soon as that wall comes down, I'm out. It's yeah. over. Yeah, exactly. But that, that changed. It was funny because they put it up to vote. Wine and grocery stores was up for a vote. And there was a lot of a lot of campaigning. There was a wow. lot of ads back and forth. There was a lot of allow it, don't allow it, that sort of thing. And it won 
overwhelming. Oh, it was yeah. like something like 70% said yes, 30% said no. Yeah. And then it had to be voted on in each county. And Montgomery County just like immediately was like, yep. Right. Like one person said <laughs> had no. had a vote and it was just overwhelmingly right. yes. Yeah. One, one person said no and it's because they left their glasses in the car. They, <laughs> they checked they the wrong box. Yes and they just checked the wrong box. <laughs> I voted yes, didn't I? <laughs> that would be a fun one to cover if that was in present day. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put that out there. Then also, Indiana doesn't allow any alcohol sales on Sunday. Why aren't you glad you moved here? Yes. Yeah. You just have to wait till noon. <laughs> There's nothing more embarrassing than you're, you put that six pack down on the conveyor belt and they, just go, nope. and they look at you. They're like, what are you doing? You idiot. Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? And then you pull out your phone, look at time. You're like, oh, you're right. It's 1159. Yeah, I, I remember the days of all the, uh, the beer, you know, contain the, the glass, you know, doors had, had a chain going all the way across. <laughs> yes. And they would unlock it at noon. It's ridiculous. You know, I'm leaving church and going grocery shopping on my way home. I want to buy a bottle of wine to have at dinner with my church friends right. that night, you know, and I can't buy a bottle of wine. It's, well, it's maybe if else. you kind of said it like that, yeah. that would be what they would, would let you can yeah. give me the, the free pass. Like, yeah. I've already went to church, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's where I made my plans for the evening. <laughs> but no, this is great. So it's worth checking out. And I think that the thing with, with bourbon, Christian, that I think will change the way that you think about it yeah. is... It's a sipping spirit. Okay. It is not a whoop down the down the hatch. I think that that's one of my problems. Maybe you're right. <laughs> is, it, is that me? Like you go and maybe sip it. I, I, okay. Okay. I like I'm mine on that. the rocks. I like I like my bourbon on the rocks. Just let it kind of get a little chilly there, and just take a little sip of it. And the God honest truth is, when it comes to bourbon, the the more you pay, the better it will be. A ten dollar bottle of bourbon is going to taste awful. Now there is a point of no return. Um, I found that really the difference between a $50 bottle of bourbon and an $80 bottle of bourbon is negligible to the average person. Like there's somebody that's like a professional bourbon taster going like, Oh, I'm getting more hints of Oak out of this $80 bottle, whatever. But yeah, like 35, you can get some really fantastic bourbons for 35 to 40 to $50 a bottle that are just phenomenal. You can, Catch little hints of stuff. So my goal here now, yeah. over the next, whenever I'm here next on the on the show, yeah, I'll I'll try bourbon on the rocks and I'll come to you guys. Okay, good. All good. right. Well, good. I have not weighed in on this because in my mind, it all tastes like Listerine. <laughs> next topic. <laughs> next topic. Paw That's Patrol. right. You're not. You're you're a I, wine I guy. I know. I know. And I've tried to develop a taste for bourbon. I just. It's just what about well, beer? Yeah. Oh, I love beer. He's, yeah, he's, he's a beer snob. That's all. I'll, I'll give you a breakdown between sour and uh, maltiness and all kinds of. Yeah, I'm all Chris is a great friend, a great beer drinking friend to have because he will introduce you to some good stuff. Mm-hmm. Like Chris will bring something that you've never heard of because he's one of those people, and so you, know, you never know what he's going to bring. It's going to be. It's not going to be. I've never seen him have like a Bud Light or a. Or Miller Genuine uh, Draft, <laughs> you know he he's he, he's making that noise because it's not he doesn't consider that real beer. No, Natty Light, no reason, oh. right? He's not going <laughs> Natty Town. He's not having a Pabst Blue Ribbon. He's like some weird thing, and he'll be like, "Oh yeah, I got this at the so and so, and it was had this malty hoppiness and stuff." And then you, you try uncanny. It. The resemblance is uncanny to my voice. Yeah, that was me talking, folks, not Chris. <laughs> so, but then you try it, and it's it's fantastic. So he's he, well, he knows you. his stuff. Yeah, yeah. But trust me on the bourbon. Oh the, well, yeah. We'll go shopping. It'll be fun. Say no yeah. more. Yeah. All right. So uh, we've weighed in on bourbon. 
It's time to weigh in on Paw Patrol. All right, is this Christian's whole story here? This is my whole story. <laughs> All right. Did you cover this too, Christian? <laughs> I promise I didn't, actually. <laughs> yeah, I think we actually handled this from a rewrite of a news release. Yeah. Did, did but, you watch um, Paw Patrol as a kid? I did. I was all Scooby-Doo. Okay, so this is a little old, past your time. Old Scooby-Doo, like okay. the original too. I just want to point that out. So I have some taste. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, you know, when when the whole thing with FNM Bank Arena was opening, mm-hmm. we talked about like what kind of events we were going to get. I think the first event that was announced was a three ice um, hockey tournament yeah. thing, which yeah. is kind of cool. And then um, Disney on Ice was announced. Yep. Yep. Um, that's going to be in um, early September. That's where they and, skate and um, sing songs. And then... Uh, um, who's the guy, the guy, Justin, Moore. Justin Moore. Yeah. yeah. Um, going to have a concert by him. And my grandma would call him a country and Western outfit is what country she would call outfit. it. That's, yeah. that's how she would describe the Justin Moorish concert. And the next, uh, big event that they've announced is this Paw Patrol event. So it's a lot, it's not on ice. It's a live stage show, um, where basically, um, <laughs> uh, actors dress up as characters from Paw Patrol. Don't ruin this for the kids. Well, they're not actors. They're puppies. <laughs> the Paw Patrol comes on stage, scruff the dog, and, you know, spot. And, You're getting the names all wrong. Oh, here we go. Uh, Marshall and uh, Rocky and Rubble um, do all kinds of adventures on stage. Now, I, my kids are grown now, so we, they were too old for Paw Patrol when it came out. I think right? that's how I my, was, My too. kids, too. Yeah, yeah but don't, don't you have little uh, nephews? Are, yeah, they into, yeah. are they into Paw Patrol? So I have actually a new addition. I have a, my uh, nephew was born two days ago, oh, so wow. I, I'm Uncle Times 3 now, but that's they right. do love Paw Patrol. So yeah, apparently yeah. the plot of this Paw Patrol is there's a city. No, that, there's no spoilers. Right. So there's, there's a city, Christian, okay. that... Is a large size, like a Clarksville sized city. And they've trusted their police, fire, and rescue. They don't have a fire department. They don't have a police department. They don't have an an EMT there. Hmm. They have dogs. And so, like, if a crime is being committed, they have one dog, and his name is Marshall, and he takes care of the crime. This is is a fire. Brilliant. This is brilliant. Where do we get a grant to do that in Clarksville? (laughs) So, and then instead of a fire department, if there's a fire that breaks out in this town, this dog gets into his dog. His paws somehow can manipulate things better than standard dog. Paws. You know how much okay. we would save in, oh, yeah. in overtime and oh, health yeah. benefits if you we entrusted our public safety to dogs? Yes. Yeah. So then that's what they do. And the dog goes out and puts the fire out. Wow. So I mean, that I think it's that's reasonable. And they're all run by a 10-year-old kid. There's a 10-year-old who's oh. kind of like he's at the center of everything. Okay. Wow. So he oversees everything. So yeah. if we do this in Clarksville, that means we'll have to replace Mayor Pitts with a 10-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> <And> yeah. <laughs> Chief Crockerel will be replaced with a German shepherd. Yeah. Named Marshall. Yes. Named Marshall. And yeah. then Freddie Montgomery will have to let go of the entire fire department staff uh-huh. and be replaced with a Dalmatian. Named yeah. squirts uh, or something. That's like know. Sparky. Sparky or something. Let's be <laughs> let's be honest. If someone's committing a crime and the police are called <laughs> and a dog shows up, they're like, okay. And a policeman's reasonable. Yeah. yeah. Like that is adorable. So we will we'll we'll just stop what we're doing. Yeah, here. yeah. Well, you, you trumped me now. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how to respond to this situation. Just give me, what? I'll put the cuffs on myself. Exactly. Yeah. Like roll over. The problem is <laughs> the problem is we have to get figured out beforehand is how do we make sure that not more than one crime is being committed at a time? Because <laughs> that, yeah. that becomes a problem. What do you have? Because the, multi, the multi-agency response <laughs> is uh, maybe a little overboard. 
Yeah, one so that, at a time. That's the plot of Paw Patrol, and then they get into wacky adventures. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah. hijinks ensue, and kids love it. You know, I may have to go home after this and put on some Paw Patrol, mm-hmm. so I, I can just get it. I, Check it out. Get acquainted, then, because I, I would definitely attend this. Yeah. It's coming to the F and M Bank Arena, folks. That's right. Yeah, and and maybe who knows? Maybe we'll employ this sort of city planning here, Clarksville. Yeah, <laughs> you know, would be great. Clarksville now report the story. <laughs> Freddie Montgomery, an entire Clarksville <laughs> Fire Department, replaced by talking Dalmatian. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best headline I've ever heard. Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> like a 10-year-old kid around the city, too. <laughs> yeah. Wait, do they have reporters? Do they have dog reporters? Uh, they must. What, would, the, what yeah. would a dog reporter, what, what type of breed would a dog reporter be? Uh, hmm. Terrier, probably. Probably. Border, yeah. co- border Collie. Border oh, Collie would be good. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. So there you yeah. go. Now you're all caught up, everybody. This is the biggest <laughs> stories happening in Clarksville. This week, and you now know all about them. That's been, you know, that whole jibber-jabber talking was your week, your news for the week, <laughs> July 9th, 2023. Thanks for listening, everybody.